I was raised a Jehovah's Witness. At 30 years of age, I was kicked out of the religion and my life was spiraling out of control. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There was no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Anlay, and welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk about real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. And today, we're going to be talking about how someone who was raised as a Jehovah's Witness could suddenly experience Jesus Christ and understand that Jesus is the Son of God and is God Himself. Now, Jehovah's Witnesses are a religious group that is distinct and is separate from the beliefs of mainstream Christianity, specifically believing that there is no Trinity and that God is only one. In our last show, we had Dan Robbins with us who was describing his past of being raised as a Jehovah's Witness. He described a very committed life and he was very afraid of not being seen as good enough. He lived his life going to many, many meetings And he found a life of being unsure where he would go when he dies. So he was kind of living this dual life and he was telling us about the difficulty and all the guilt and the shame. And today he's going to talk about how it all ended up. Something happened for him in the church. He was actually kicked out and his life spiraled downward emotionally and spiritually until he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Dan, welcome to the show again. Hey, thanks for having me back on today. Brother, it is a pleasure. And let me ask you a question here, because as you were kicked out of the Jehovah's Witnesses, inside you still associated with being a Jehovah's Witness in your mind and your spirit. But then at the same time, you were filled with tremendous guilt and pain. How did you deal with that pain? So I know I'm not alone in saying this because there may be many Jehovah's Witnesses out there listening. There's many people that have gone through this. I felt as I was kicked out of the Jehovah's Witness, I still, in my mind, I believed that it was the truth. But I felt after I was kicked out that I was not one of those chosen. I felt that I was never going to be one of the chosen, that there was no hope for me, no hope for a future, no hope in salvation. I was doomed to this life of being eternally destroyed. Oh my gosh. So that was just like, well, who cares what I do then, right? Just do whatever you want to do. And it sounds like you turn to drugs and alcohol in order to kind of soothe that feeling. Is it right? Yeah. At that point, I mean, when you have the only thing that is supposed to bring you hope, you find that you're not one of those people. I mean, what do you do? It's like, I had no hope. So I was like, well, this existence really, I mean, if I'm honest, sucks. Like, what is the point? Yeah. So for me, it was easy to go back to the drugs and alcohols. I was hopeless. That was the biggest thing. I had no hope, oh. full of a life of guilt and shame. Oh. And the easiest thing for me to do was to go back to the drugs and alcohol. You know, and I think a lot of people can identify with that, even who are not Jehovah's Witnesses, because it was very much, you have to be good in order to get into heaven. And when a person realizes, I'm not good enough, I can't make it, the natural alternative is, well, just, you know, live, eat, drink, do whatever we can while we're still here, while it's still good before it gets really bad. And I think a lot of people can identify with that. But 
after you got kicked out, you met your now wife, Casey Robbins. And though it was a great moment in your life, the guilt and shame took over and drove you to even more alcohol abuse, where it put a huge strain on your marriage. But your wife played a tremendous role in helping you to get out of the alcohol and drug use. How did she do that? So on. It was a process. It was a high point in my life. I thought the one good thing in my life when I was going through all of that pain and being kicked out and feeling hopeless, I was like, there's this one good glimmer of hope in my life, glimmer of something good. And that was Casey. And so there was this point where I was like, I want to hold on to this because it's something that I've never experienced. This is good. And at the same time, I was still so afraid of death, so bound by fear and not being good enough and really seeing what I thought was the end of the story constantly in the back of my mind Mm -hmm. of being eternally just destroyed. And so I started majorly drinking. I mean, I was a heavy vodka drinker and I was drinking every day. I just could not get a bottle out of my hand. And it almost came to a point where this became a breaking point where Casey said, if something doesn't change, I'm leaving you. Oh my gosh. But in the moment, though, my understanding is that she was praying for you throughout this process as well. And she didn't give up. That was like an ultimatum. She didn't give up. And it's interesting because even though you got kicked out from the Jehovah's Witness, in your mind, you were still defending the faith. And there was a moment where you're trying to get your brother, who was leaving the Jehovah's Witness, to return to being a Jehovah's Witness. And you started doing some research in order to get him to come back. But then you learned some of the fallacies of what you learned as a child, that they were actually false. What was that? So all of this stuff was happening at one time. You know, it was like this big, uh, perfect storm of stuff happening. I was drinking. I was hopeless. My brother was leaving the faith. And it was like this perfect storm, which Jesus really used to just break down the walls. Casey was praying for me faithfully. Not only that, but she was showing me a love that I had never seen. A love that I didn't deserve because I knew I didn't deserve it. She was kind. She was patient. She loved me. And when I was in my drunken stupor, she'd pray for me that God would reveal himself to me when I was passed out. At that same time, my brother began to leave the Jehovah's Witnesses faith. So he told me, he said, I think what we believed as kids was a lie. And I was like, you're wrong. I called him an apostate. (sighs) You know, all those things that were taught as Jehovah's Witnesses. If somebody leaves the faith, if somebody denies that Jehovah's God, they're an apostate and they're even worse than doomed. Wow. And so I'm like, no, you're wrong. And I told Casey, my brother's an apostate. And she's like, you know, just be patient. He's your brother. You have to love him. And so for the first time in my life, I objectively looked at the facts and I began to research what he was claiming was the false prophecies and all of these heresies of the Jehovah's Witnesses or fallacies in the Jehovah's Witnesses, I began to look at them from an objective standpoint, something that you're not allowed to do as a Jehovah's Witness. Mm. So I looked at the history, how it was started, who started it, Mm. what did they believe? And I saw clearly for the first time that many, many things they said were twisted scriptures and things that were just flat out untrue. Wow. But repeated again and again. It was drilled into your mind. Drilled into your mind. The truth, the truth, the truth. They say it over and over and over and over. Wow. Compounded into your mind. Holy cow. So you're learning. You're like, oh my gosh, like this isn't even true. But then you had an encounter that really rocked you. What was that? 
So I was struggling with one of the main points of the Jehovah's Witness faith, that Jesus was not God. Mm -hmm. I was struggling with that. I knew that their religion was false, but I couldn't come to grips with Jesus being God Mm -hmm. until the moment that Jesus himself came to me in a dream. And in that dream, he took me by the right hand. I remember it so vividly. And he told me the Father and I are one. But he spoke it into existence, just as he said, let there be light, and there was light. He spoke it into my heart. He spoke it into existence in me, and I understood what it meant. Wow. But then after that part in my dream, I saw Jesus on the cross. This is another thing that Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe. They don't believe that Jesus died on a cross. But in my dream, I saw him dying on a cross, and there was people mocking him. And I was standing there and I was so overcome with emotion that I began weeping and weeping. And I was telling those people, I said, stop, stop, you're killing the Messiah. That was the moment that I woke up. And in those moments, it confirmed what I had read in the scripture, that Jesus is the Savior, that Jesus died on the cross, and that Jesus is God in the flesh. Wow. Now, after this moment, and you basically gave your life to Jesus Christ as your Savior, were you still filled with that shame and guilt and alcohol and drugs? Like what, what happened afterwards? Everything changed. Everything in my mind changed. Everything in my heart changed. Wow. I was no longer a drug addict. I was no longer bound by that fear of death. I knew that Jesus Christ saved my life and there was nothing I could do. I wasn't good enough. I only believed in him and that was enough. Wow. He took away the fear of death. He took away the addictions. Jesus Christ changed everything in that moment. This is amazing, Dan, because honestly, I think there's people out there who deal with the same type of symptoms, maybe a different religion. And truly, you got set free so much. And how many years ago was this? It's about 13 years ago that Jesus set me free. Oh my gosh, this is something where it's perpetual and it truly has a lasting effect. Dan, thanks so much for being on our show and just sharing the powerful experience and the power of the scriptures in your life. Dan, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me on. Hey, let's talk more about this right after the break. Real life is made possible this week with the help of On Fire Merchant Services and our Awakening the Nation's monthly giving partners. If you own your own business taking Visa and MasterCard, call and get a quote from On Fire Merchant Services. On Fire Merchant Services is on fire to serve you. Look them up at onfiremerchantservices.com or call them at 877-333-6682. That's onfiremerchantservices.com or 877-333-6682. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. What are your thoughts on this? Honestly, what really came out to me was that he really thought he was right in choosing the doctrines of the Jehovah's Witnesses, even though he was kicked out from that group. He held fast to those beliefs on works or behavior rather than grace. Let me talk about the difference in this. What does that mean? 
And the Bible says in John 1, 17, it says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. See, this is a profound statement here, because in any religion, if we believe that the best way to get to God is by being good or following the law to the T and being a great, perfect person, well, it says in the Bible that the law came through Moses, but then grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. That means Jesus came to bring grace. And grace is basically favor from God that's unmerited. It's like a gift. It's like you're going to become God's favorite even though you didn't do anything to deserve it. You just have to receive it. It says in Romans chapter 3, 23 to 24, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That means, my friend, you can be redeemed by the power of Christ, not by your performance. So, Lord Jesus... I'm praying for the person who's saying, gosh, I don't know how I'm going to get that grace. I'm under the load of so much pressure of trying to be good enough. I can't be good enough. So Lord Jesus, I just surrender myself to you. And we just ask, Lord God, that you would come into our lives and give us that grace and that salvation in Jesus' name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony. And I know your life was touched. If you want to know more about us or to make a tax-deductible donation, please check us out at AwakeningTheNations.com. That's AwakeningTheNations.com. See you next time.